Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 44, where we're discussing Question Mark from season 2 of Lost. What are you doing? I'm taking this back with us. Why? Because they may be important. Important? I'm, I'm sorry, weren't you just watching the same thing I was? Yes, Jim. And I believe the work you have been doing is more important now than ever. What work? Question the butt. work that's a that's a a joke rats in a maze with no cheese it is work john we are being tested tested the reason to do it push the button is not because we are told to do so in a film well then what is the reason mr echo We do it because we believe we are meant to. Isn't that the reason you pushed it, John? I was never meant to do anything. Every single second of my pathetic little life is as useless as that button. Do you think it's important? Do you think it's necessary? It's nothing. It's nothing. It's meaningless. And who are you to tell me that it's not? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this 44th episode of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we're discussing Question Mark from Season 2 of of Lost, a Mr. Echo-centric episode. And we're going to jump into it here. Um, I have a ton of notes we need to get through. And I know you do as well. We have some clips we need to listen to. Just a whole lot more in this episode than I remembered. Uh, There's a a lot of really interesting information here. First thing I have is, um, you know, Echo has a vision of Mm -hmm. Ana Lucia on the beach. And she she tells him that, you know, he needs to help John. Right. And, you know, his vision continues. And he sees his brother, Yimmy, you know, sitting at the computer in the hatch. He says the work uh, being done in this place is important. It is more important than anything, and it is in danger. Right. Uh, you must help John. Again, he must help John. He has, you know, lost his way, and you must make him take you to the question mark. Then the countdown starts, and, um, you know, it starts showing red and black question marks, mm-hmm. and uh, the keys on the computer are all question marks, too. And Yimmy tells him that there are many distractions, but he must focus and bring the axe. Now, one thing really interesting about that is when Echo's having this um, this vision, he doesn't know about Ana Lucia yet. Right, no. Which is really interesting because it kind of proves in a way that this is like a real vision. Re- like oh, yeah, this definitely. is something mysterious that's being shown to him. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about that whole opening sequence? Oh, 
obviously at first I was I was pretty much freaked out because for whatever reason I didn't you know I didn't know that was a vision I decided uh-huh. honestly I walked up and I was like yeah whoa <laughs> wait a minute yeah yeah you know but um it was it was really really crazy um um, because like you said, he didn't know this. And then at the end, you know, of her talking, she starts splitting, spitting up blood and, uh-huh. and, you know, you could tell that, you know, something's wrong. Um, and then with his brother, it's like, they're telling him, they're telling him things to do, um, that are, are a part of this island. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like somehow something is, is priming him through the his char- the characters that he knows on this island right. you know to do something that is really true on this item mm-hmm. island which really messed me up because i was trying to think about you know you know for this is that dharma group how how are they in control of dreams and yeah. you know things like that mm-hmm. i mean it's a whole different you know a whole different thing there right um but it, i thought it was a it was a crazy scene um just even i mean through the whole thing about him seeing his brother and stuff like that uh and the whole connection that we talked about long time ago with echo and john being very similar characters Uh and how now the island's pulling them together right you know yeah i think what's really exciting about this is echo has been a pretty boring character for the Mm -hmm. last few episodes you know he's he's building the church you know yippee really exciting stuff right and now it's like the island's like okay tag you're it and you've got some work to do definitely definitely. so it, it makes it really interesting really exciting for the episodes coming up yeah the next thing I had was, you know, in the hatch, you know, or outside of the hatch, I guess, rather, you know, Michael tells Jack that, you know, Henry had a gun and he shot him. Mm-hmm. Um, he shot Anna and Libby as well. And they get inside of the hatch and Anna is dead, but Libby is still barely hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> and did it scare you to death when she, oh when she coughed up the I, blood? I about jumped out of my yeah. chair. <laughs> it freaked me out, but I was so happy mm-hmm. that she was alive because... Yeah. I, I wanted the truth to be told. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking you know. of that, you know, Michael freaks out yeah. you know, yeah. when he realizes that she's still alive. and Which is just awful. I mean, yeah. it's like, it just, it, I think to me it just showed how deep Michael's into something. Yeah. Because, you know, it was an accident, obviously, that he shot her. You know, but right. whenever he sees she's alive, he's like, oh, crap. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I wish I would have killed her. Yeah. You know? Well, no, if you, I bet if, if we could really mm-hmm. see inside of his head... I bet there were really strong mixed emotions because I bet in the half hour since he shot her, he's been feeling it. You oh, know, I'm sure. I bet it's been killing him. Sure. So part of him had to have been relieved when one less dead person was on his conscience. Yeah, you know? that's true. But also, you know, whatever this plan is he set in place yeah. was also in jeopardy, that's you know, true, at this yeah. point too. But it's, it's awesome. Like the, he didn't do anything, but you could feel like how nervous and stressed out he was definitely just sitting there looking at Libby you know yeah but uh yeah awesome stuff there and um you know Echo decides that he and Locke will go together after Henry Mm -hmm. so they're going to track him down which is pretty exciting too oh yeah definitely the next thing I had was you know character stuff uh we see Echo you know posing as a priest and um, or I guess he really is a priest at this point. I'm not really sure. No, because no, he's, he's, he's trying to get these papers. Yeah, well, the papers are say, saying that he's a fraud. Right. And that guy had him or whatever. Right. Yeah, and he's he's requested a forged passport so he can get to the United States. Mm-hmm. And he finds out that his trip will be postponed because there's someone claiming that a miracle has taken place. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has to look into it and find out, you know, whether or not the church can confirm it 
as a miracle. Um, my question, and you, you may know more, I mean, obviously more about this, but uh, at this point, was he, was he acting like his brother? That's my understanding is either he's, you know, since Yimmy left on that plane, he's kind of taken over this role and pretended to be his brother. Okay, that's what I thought. I mean, obviously he's not back in his home, you know, area right. because the people would know he's not Yimmy. Yeah. But somehow he's taken this role as a priest and gone somewhere else with it. Which, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We don't yeah, really because, know. Well, even the church looked different. Yeah. That they were standing in. Oh, the right. little right. small church that his brother was in. Right. But it, yeah, it's definitely, at this point, it makes me think that him leaving to go to the United States wasn't to continue his priesthood. Uh-huh. It was basically to escape everything and to get a right. fresh start. I, mean, I don't think he, at this point, I don't think he even wanted to be a priest. Right. Well, it's, I don't know though, because I mean, we see him now and his yeah. character now. It's very possible that, you know, when we watched the episode before where, Yimmy got onto the plane, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell like it's it, something changed him. It's yeah. like he felt comfortable just getting that respect that came from wearing that, that priest uniform. Yeah. And it's possible that it changed him and he decided to become a priest, yeah. you know, and he, you know, got to a larger church and all of this stuff. And then at some point decided he was going to leave it b- behind again, mm-hmm. but we don't have none of that story yet. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we can, We'll go back to that whenever okay. we talk about the airport scene with the daughter right. later. Okay. Because I want to just reference something on there. Okay. Um, that a woman says that her daughter, you know, Charlotte, drowned and then came back alive the mm-hmm. next day. And uh, Echo tells the other guy, I don't know if he was a bishop or what, but he tells him that, you know, he cannot investigate the miracle because he does not believe what the woman has said. Right. And the guy replies, you know, why do you think I chose you? And what was never clear to me and still isn't, is is let's see here whether he chose echo because he didn't want the miracle to be confirmed Mm -hmm. because echo didn't believe it or if he chose echo because he wanted to prove to echo that miracles do happen yeah and that was that's still not clear to me that that to me was the second part i mean i I thought about both Mm -hmm. but the second part made more sense to me right you know because it goes along with that thing i was just talking about i don't think echo was a priest. I don't think he believed everything that he thought you're supposed to believe to be a right. priest. And this, I think this other guy knew since that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean, it's not like lost is going to start up this whole subplot on like, you know, the Catholic church trying to cover up miracles. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. not like that. So right. I guess it's very unlikely that they're trying to suggest that because it would be kind of pointless right. unless they're going to start a tangent, you know, about that, all that stuff. So yeah. yeah, I think you're probably right. It's this, this guy, whatever he is, had could kind of tell that there was, you know, not everything was true about right. Echo and wanted to give him the opportunity to kind of deepen his commitment mm-hmm. to this stuff. Definitely. So then Echo meets with the Undertaker, you know, to talk to him about this, you know, uh, possible miracle. And he says that he found out the girl was still alive during the autopsy, plays the tape, which mm. creeps me out every Awful. single time I hear it. Awful. <laughs> it's yeah. just so realistic. Like, you can imagine, you know, actually hearing the tape and how much it would yeah. freak you out. No kidding. And uh, Echo goes to visit the girl, and her mother comes out of the house and, you know, tells him that it's not a good time. Mm-hmm. Just then, the girl's father comes out, and they have an interesting conversation that I thought we should listen to. Yeah.
Father, I'm afraid it's not a very good time. You'll have to come back later. Mrs. Malkin, I must speak to your daughter. Yesterday in the church, you said that I know she... what I said. It's just right this minute. It's not a very good time. Uh, get back in the house, Joyce. Get her inside. Richard, please. Inside. Now. I know why you're here, friend. But you can save yourself the trouble. What happened here was not a miracle. The doctor that treated your daughter seems to feel different. <laughs> treated her? You mean tried to cut her open? He's just trying to cover up his own negligence. He tell you the whole story? How she supposedly drowned? She fell into a mountain river. Her body shut down. She went into hypothermia, which made her appear dead. And why is your wife so convinced otherwise? Because she's a zealot. All of this, everything she's doing, is to spite me. Why would she spite you? Because she knows I'm a fraud. Because I make my living as a psychic. You see, that's what I do. I gather intelligence on people, and I exploit it. Every day, I meet people looking for a miracle, desperate to find one. But there are none to be had. Not in this world, anyway. I will report back to my Monsignor that there was no miracle here. Your daughter is alive. This is all that matters. So we can go back and, and talk about what effect this conversation has on, on this episode mm -hmm. in a moment. But I wanted to go back and talk about the whole Claire situation. Right. And how this affects what we thought we knew about, you know, Claire, the psychic telling her she had to get on that plane and right. had to bring her baby to Los Angeles. Just tell me your thoughts. I mean, how that changes the way you look at that situation now. Well, I mean, okay, first off, I mean, I think everybody at this point probably knows, um, but that those were the same people, you know, mm -hmm. that the dad was the psychic right. that talked to Claire. Uh -huh. um, I'm sure, you know, well, unless you're a first time, you know, listener right. uh, or watching um, Lost for the First Time, you may have not picked up on that, but that was right. Claire's psychic um, mm -hmm. from back then. Um, to me, it just, it kind of confuses me because it has to be probably within the same time frame, mm -hmm. you know, because after this point is when, when he flies good out. Good point. Yeah, very good point has to be right around exactly the same time that she met with him at Mr. Echo meets him. Uh -huh. So he claims to be, you know, basically a false prophet here. Mm -hmm. um, and, but yet he gives Claire, a, a, you know, this, this word. Right. And I don't know if it happened, if like maybe looking back now, you know, whenever he touched her and he took his hands off of her, maybe for the first time, he actually did see something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause his reaction was, well, you know, like yeah. kind of freaked out. So maybe, you know, this makes sense. Now he's a believer in miracles uh -huh. as well, or, or at least a believer in this stuff, but, but it would have had to happen after Mr. Echo met with him. Right. I mean, within, I mean, this is probably within a day. Yeah, it could be within, you know, weeks, maybe even well, a couple, what, a week or two weeks? Or? Well, because he was in that place and he was going to be flying out, and I don't know how long right. he stayed and, uh -huh. or whatever, but he was wanting to get out of there. He was wanting to get to, to the United States. Right. So evidently it was some, it, because Claire went the first time, mm -hmm. okay, and he said he couldn't take her money. 
okay? She went back again, and he told her some stuff. Right. Then they met a third time, mm-hmm. and he told her that, or, you know, talked to her and said, we have a family. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a chunk of time there. So I'm like, Echo and them had to be right, right in that time frame, too. Right. Well, whatever it is. So it just kind of messes my head a little bit because he was very convinced or he was a very good liar. Yeah. Because in, in this group, Dahmer, Dahmer group or whatever it was, uh-huh. wanted her on that plane to go there and he was employed by them to give her this message. Right. Yeah, that's the way I take it is there are two possible things going on. Like one, you know, he really is a psychic and he's lying to Echo because mm-hmm. he wants to, you know, dispel this whole myth of uh, there being a miracle that occurred. Yeah, which I didn't really understand why he would want, I mean, he's a, if he's a psychic, they kind of believe in those types yeah, of things. Yeah, well, maybe he just doesn't want this attention brought on his daughter or his maybe, family yeah. or something right. for some reason. But the other possibility is that he really is faking it and that, you know, what he told Claire, you know, obviously he knew something mm-hmm. that related to this crash and what was going to happen to Definitely. her. Definitely. And was very instrumental in getting her to get on the plane in the first place. Yeah. Got her the ticket to get on the plane. Right. And so, you know, either he was given information by somebody, somebody hired him to tell her that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But what you made, you made a point about, you know, the first time you met her, you know, it looked, seemed like he did see something. Mm-hmm. You know, if he is a fake and, you know, he did this fake reading and ended up seeing something, that could explain why he was so startled, right. by yeah. the way. Because yeah. he did actually see something. Right. But then the next time he's a little more relaxed, you know, does the reading, gives her a little bit of information. And then he, I guess he kind of harasses her for a long period of time, mm-hmm. telling her she's, you know, got to um, give the baby up for adoption over but and over again. And he says that he does not want her to, this baby can't be raised oh, right. by anybody but you. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. then finally, the third time he meets her is when he actually says, okay, there's a couple in Los Angeles. Here's your plane ticket. You have to get on flight 815. Mm-hmm. It has to be 815, no other flight. So, yeah, it, it's either he is a real psychic and knew all this stuff or somebody who knew exactly what was going to happen gave him the information. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's either way, it's still really interesting. Yeah, definitely. But in terms of this episode, um, I guess him not being a real psychic or, you know, whether he is or isn't a real psychic doesn't really make much difference mm-hmm. in this episode. No. But yeah, nonetheless, it's, it's a little bit of information about a previous mystery. Definitely. That, that's shedding a little bit of light on yeah. it. Yeah. So... This brings us to our next topic here. You know, Echo's at the airport, like mm-hmm. he says, and he sees the girl that drowned, you know, supposedly drowned and came right. back to life. And let's listen to their conversation. Okay. What are you doing here? I had to see you. Look, your father said I, I know. He doesn't want me talking to you. And I know you probably think I'm crazy, but I have a message for you and I promise to deliver it. A message? Says you were a good priest. Who says that? Yemi. Speaking about my brother, it's not a joke. So you should be very careful what you say next. I saw him when I was between places. He said that you would come and see me. He said that even though you were pretending you were a good man. Who put you up to this? Did your father tell you to do this? I want you to know that he will see you soon. He said that even though you don't have faith in yourself, he has faith in you. Why are you doing this to me? What do you want from me? Why are you doing this to me? Is everything... All right? 
He has faith in you. One day you'll believe me. Okay, so there's there's something interesting about this. It really does seem like this is like the day after, possibly even the same day mm -hmm. that he showed up there and talked to her dad. Definitely. So it's almost like he didn't even report anything back to the, the church about yeah. what he found out. He just was going to hop town because he had his papers. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean. That goes along with what I was saying, and that's why I want to reference back to this point. Yeah. Is I do not feel like, and even she says, even though you act like a good man, you're right. acting, it's an act. Yeah. I mean, he's not a priest. Right. You know, I don't think you became a priest until after this conversation uh, between then and the time they crashed uh -huh. he, he, something something happened inside him in that time period that he started to believe in himself right um, and it could have been just this message like yeah. he truly believed that Yimmy told her this stuff right and you know and because Yimmy actually said he was a good man after all that you know the argument mm -hmm. they had in that last episode um, that was about Echo was you know completely the opposite right it's like you know i'm a priest and you know i'm forgiven and you are something else exactly you know, that kind of thing and this time it's you me saying you are a good man even though you're just pretending right now and you don't realize it mm -hmm. so maybe that was enough just a little bit of you know encouragement from his brother was enough to to make him choose a better path yeah so it's very very interesting yeah now what would be really interesting to know is if I remember correctly, um, the episode where the psychic tell, gives Claire the plane tickets, mm -hmm. that plane is leaving the next day. Yeah, because she tries to prolong it. Right. So yeah. I think it's very possible either the day before or the same day that he talks to Echo is the day he talked to Claire and gave her the plane tickets. Yeah, see, so that that to me, it, it deepens the mystery a bit. It doesn't yeah. give me any kind of clarity because if he is a psychic, he lied to Echo. Yeah. If he's not, he lied to Claire. Right. He lied one way or the other, and he fed one of them information. Uh-huh. And it could be, too, like, you, if you think back to that episode with Claire, he was very shaken. He was mm -hmm. nervous or something. Yeah. And, like, it's almost like he decided to stop doing mm -hmm. the psychic stuff or something. Yeah. And maybe, you know, his talk with Echo came after that, and he was still really flustered about, you know, all this stuff with Claire. And But I don't know. It's It's really interesting... Um, it'd be interesting to find out, you know, whether he really is a psychic or if he was posing as a yeah. psychic. Yeah. Well, even later on the island when Claire was talking to Charlie, you know, she's like, I, th or I think it was Charlie. Mm -hmm. She's like, he knew, he knew I yeah. was going to be on this island, you know? Right. So she even, uh, you know, whether it was a psych psychic moment or, or somebody told him she was going to be on yeah, the island. Yeah. You know? So I, do, I definitely hope that some clarity comes to yeah. this man and his real abilities or his source of information. Right. Yeah, either way, it would be interesting. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting story either way, so that's really exciting. Okay, moving on from this stuff mm -hmm. here. In the jungle, you know, Locke and Echo are walking around, and, you know, Echo asks Locke, you know, where is the question mark? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Locke, you know, mm -hmm. refuses to tell him, so, you know, Echo headbutts him and, you know, knocks him out. <laughs> yeah. Was it Dane Cook says nobody wins with a headbutt? Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. But it I looked like I go on this one. Yeah, yeah, I thought of that as soon as he headbutted him. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Locke later, you know, wakes wakes up, and you know, Echo says Anna wants him to help Locke to find the question mark, and Locke pulls out his sketch of the diagram from the blast door and, mm -hmm. and gives it to Echo, and Echo quickly begins making sense out of it. Yeah. you know, he's off and he's you know finding his direction, mm -hmm. and, and they're on their way. 
and they end up back where the propel, you know, the prop plane is, you know, where it's at and decided to camp while Echo waits for further instructions. Yeah. So again, we have this, you know, little bit of information that was given to Locke and Echo kind of picks up where Locke leaves off and, you know, takes this information to the next level yeah. and actually does something with definitely, it. Definitely, definitely. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it was real, real interesting. I mean, it was just crazy that that map brought him right back to his brother's plane. Right. You yeah. know, it was like, where else would it take you? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, then Locke has a dream of Yimmy and, you know, Yimmy leads him up the banyan trees and, you know, to the cliff where where the plane was perched at before Boone knocked it down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Yimmy's sitting in a wheelchair at the top of the, you know, at the top of this cliff and tells him to wake up. And uh, he tells Echo about the dream and Echo decides to climb up the banyan tree himself. Yeah. So, of course, you know, Echo gets to the top and turns around to see Locke and sees that there's a giant question mark, you know, covering this whole valley where the plane was lying. And it turns out, you know, the earth was salted, you know, to keep, you know, anything from growing in that area of the question mark. So the question mark could be seen from above. And, uh, you know, Echo pokes around the plane and finds the hatch door. Um, You know, he needed the axe in order to get the hatch door opened up, Mm -hmm. thus bringing the axe. And they get the door open, and it's a long, huge, you know, tunnel that goes into the ground. Right. Just tell me what you think of that. Okay, well, f- to d- even just scratch the surface of this, like, mystery here, I mean, mm-hmm. first off, you know, well, first thing that messed with my head is the fact that Locke didn't, I think, I don't know, like, my, Locke sees Echo fall to pretty much his death uh-huh. in his dream. Right. But he didn't try to stop him. He did the same thing with like with the boom, boom thing. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> this could have been badly, but I just can't bear not to see what's going to happen. I know. So go ahead. You know, yeah. it's like, and one, he had made the comment, you know, earlier about Boone. He was like, it was a sacrifice that the island demanded. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and then he, and then he allows, yeah, he allows yeah. Echo to climb up here. I'm thinking, does he think that this is what the island's wanting still? Yeah. And, and so he lets him get to the top. But whenever, what's crazy is that if this is, Actual. I mean, this is a physical place, and this is physically happened. Mm-hmm. That there is so much control that Dharma has because the yeah. fact that that plane wrecked there forever ago uh-huh. onto that particular spot with you know you know over the hatch. If yeah. That, and then the the, the the this thing falls out of the ground, out of the sky onto the top of the hatch. Right. You know, there's so many things that link together uh-huh. that just. If it's if it can't be coincidental, right? Yeah, it totally like makes me think of like this group of people planning out all these different steps that they're going to make these guys go through yeah. in order to discover these secrets. Like, yeah. I mean, from the very fact of like having this area that's like marked with a question question right. mark that where this hatch is located and why they would do that if right. it was a secret hatch, why would they want Put clues question, yeah. leading to where it was? Exactly. Why would they have the diagram on the door? you know, showing that there was a question mark mm-hmm. somewhere. So, yeah, it's, like, so, so interesting. Yeah. Like, it's, like, there's mysteries and there's puzzles and there's all kinds of interesting stuff Definitely. going on. This this is where the show really starts to pick up, and it's no longer about characters. Okay, it's it's yeah. becoming more and more about a puzzle and a mystery. Well, that's definitely what it seems like. I mean, it just... I don't know. It just kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I was trying, you know, because all the episodes prior to this and we had that particular spot in it. It's like, because they had been back out there right, two or three, yeah, several four times. other times, mm-hmm. but never noticed that Echo gets his dream with his brother. Right. 
you know, he leads him back to his brother, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, once again, though, it just shows me how powerful this Dharma group is. Yeah. And it also, it's really interesting. I think too, that the fact that that's the spot where the plane crashed, Exa- that's exactly what I'm saying. It was Echo's brother who was in the plane. Yeah. Like there's so much, it like makes you, it can almost drive you crazy. Like did somebody draw that plane into the island so it would crash exactly. on that spot, you know? Because it's there's it's just too much of a coincidence that yep. in this big island, exactly. these things would all be such huge coincidences. Well, it seems like an almost an impossible. I mean, it's an impossibility to make a yeah. plane wreck somewhere. Uh-huh. I want you to wreck on that question mark. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> Hit right there if you could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you just you wanted to wreck over here, but right here is where we really need you. You know, right. I, I so I, I don't know. It just still got my. I mean, it made my head like spin. No, this episode kept me like on edge of my seat the whole yeah. time. It was a great episode. So it was like a thriller. I mean, you didn't uh-huh. know what was going to happen, you know. So, yeah. but that, as far as that's concerned, it just all it did to me was just deepen the mystery, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, and just the fact that they're finding another hatch, right? And you know, going in to explore it, like the the other hatch is just kind of getting old. You know, you're so used to it, and mm-hmm. there's really nothing interesting about it anymore. And here's another one, you know. Yep. So they get to the bottom, and they find a Dharma logo that's, you know, it's solid white in the middle. Right. And they also find a large, you know, array of old television screens, you know, lots of cigarette butts, I think it was, mm-hmm. like a table covered mm-hmm. with cigarette butts. And uh, Locke turns on the TVs, and on one of them, you know, it's providing a feed from the Swan Oh, yeah. And, you know, we see Jack walk by and, and all this <clears> stuff, and... There's also a computer in the room that says, you know, print log, yes or no, and Locke prints out the log. And it shows a, you know, a log of a couple of different number sequences yeah. over and over and over again, followed by accepted. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Echo finds a blank notebook and, you know, Locke finds, also finds a, you know, pneumatic tube, you know, like you'd see at the bank. Right. And um, he puts his diagram sketch into the tube and it's sucked away. And just then, Echo finds an orientation video, and we're going to listen to that. All right. Hello. I'm Dr. Mark Wickman, and this is the orientation film for Station 5 of the Dharma Initiative. Station 5, or the Pearl, is a monitoring station activities of participants in Dharma Initiative projects can be observed and recorded, not only for posterity, but for the ongoing refinement of the initiative as a whole. As Karen de Groot herself has written, careful observation is the only key to true and complete awareness. Your tour of duty in the Pearl will last three weeks, and during this time you and your partner will observe a psychological experiment in progress. Your duty is to observe team members in another station on the island. These team members are not aware that they are under surveillance or that they are the subjects of an experiment. Working in eight-hour shifts, you and your partner will record everything you observe in the notebooks we provided. What is the nature of the experiment, you might ask? What do these subjects believe they are accomplishing as they struggle to fulfill their tasks? You as the observer, All you need to know is the subjects believe their job is of the utmost importance. Remember, everything that occurs, no matter how minute or seemingly unimportant, must be recorded. Each time a notebook is filled with the fruits of your diligent observation, roll it up, there we go, one of the containers, provide it. Then, simply place it. 
place the container in the ready tube. And then, presto. It will be transported directly to us. At the end of your eight-hour shift, proceed to the Pala Ferry, which will take you back to the boat. On behalf of the Degroots, Oliver Hanso, and all of us here at the Dharma Initiative, thank you. Namaste. So there's some interesting stuff there. Yeah. So for, I have a couple notes related to that video. Uh, one, that it's station five of six. Right. I think the Swan station was three of six. Mm-hmm. And then what was the, I don't, we didn't get an orientation video from the other one. No, from the but, arrow. Yeah. We've basically gotten four hatches that we've. Yeah. The arrow, the medical station, which is called the staff. Right. And the Swan, Swan. and the Pearl. Yeah. Or yeah, the pearl. Four of four of six then. So four of six we know about. Right. Yeah. And um of course, you know, it's called the Pearl, mm-hmm. which we already mentioned. And one thing I thought was interesting, um, in the other orientation video for the Swan, this same guy says his name is Marvin Candle. Yeah. Doctor Marvin Candle. And this one he's Doctor Mark Wickmond. Mm-hmm. So it's a totally different name, but it's the same guy, which is very interesting. Yeah. Because it's it seems like it's not um, he's not a real person in this video. He's a character. A, he's an actor right. playing different characters, mm-hmm. uh, which really makes you wonder what the heck's going on. Yeah, definitely. And um, it says it's a monitoring station for participants of the Dharma Initiative. Um, the tour of duty is three weeks, and you're observing a psychological experiment of people who don't realize they're in an experiment. Right. Um, you're to record observations in the notebooks, uh, the subjects believe their job is of the utmost importance, and uh, they send the filled notebooks through the pneumatic tube, and they go straight to the people you know in charge. Right. Um, once the shift is complete, they proceed to the Pala Ferry, which will take you to the I think you said barracks, back to the barracks. Yeah. And I noticed that the copyright was 1980, which is the yeah, same as the too. other Swan video. Yeah. So the one thing that stood out to me though was this: you know, once shift is complete, proceed to the Pala Ferry. Mm-hmm. Tell me your thoughts. Okay, I my thoughts are ridiculous. I mean, I have no thoughts. I mean, this is all it's, at this point. It's just a mess, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it seems like to me you proceed to some type of like transportation, which mm-hmm. is maybe some type of boat, right, or whatever that's going to take them to back to this mm-hmm. holding place, as barracks. Which I mean, I'm right. military, so mm-hmm. barracks to me seems like some type of sleeping. Uh, you know, some base of sort right. that they may go back and stay mm-hmm. and, and, and be compensated for their time or, yeah. or, or whatever may be right. the case. But Barry, it's like a, it's a job though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're there. Very much seems like a job. Right. Yeah. I think so too. Um, but it, it's makes you wonder like this Paula Ferry idea makes it seem like there are people going to and from the yeah, island. Most definitely. Which would explain like why when, you know, Kate and Claire and I forget who else was with him. When they got to the medical hatch, Danielle. yeah, and it was completely empty, and there was nobody there. Yeah. It was, you know, their costumes were in the locker room and all this stuff. Yeah, they're gone. It makes much more <laughs> sense if you think if if they're part of this same group. Exactly, they're leaving on the Paula Ferry, you know, and they're yeah. gone for the weekend or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But it definitely uh, makes things seem so interesting. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, Locke, of course, seems extremely troubled by the video right you know he's lost all faith in the hatch and you know the button pushing and everything and uh, echo tells Locke that he he thinks the work of pushing the button is more important than ever and uh, Locke says it's a joke 
you know, but Echo responds that, you know, it's a test. And uh, Locke says he is was never meant to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like he's lost total faith in the island and all of the direction the island gave him in the past and how much, you know, how invested he was in the directions it seemed to be giving him. Yeah. Like pretty much the entire first season was Locke taking directions oh, from yeah. the island. Kind Definitely. Of so it seems he's lost faith in that. And, uh, you know, Yimmy or Yimmy echo tells him, you know, this story that really kind of sums up, you know, the experience he's had, um, up to this point, right. which I thought was really worth was, listening yeah. to. This cross was worn by my brother, Yemi. Yemi was a great man, a priest, a man of God. And because I betrayed him, he was shot and died. He was placed on a plane, which took off from an airstrip in Nigeria, half a world from here. Then the plane that I was on crashed on this island. And somehow, here, I found my brother again. I found him in the same plane that took off from Nigeria, in the same plane that lies above us now, that has concealed this place. And I took this cross from around Yemi's neck and put it back on mine. Just as it was on the day I first took another man's life. So let me ask you, how can you say this is meaningless? I believe the work being done in the hatch is more important than anything. If you will not continue to push the button, John, I will. So it's a great kind of summary of Echo's experience, and it's like perfectly worded. It really puts it all in perspective, and it's so easy to forget some of these things like the fact that he and his brother both crashed in planes onto this island, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, you know, thinking of the fact that Echo was completely solely responsible for his brother being killed. Right. Which would explain why he's had such a change of heart and change of personality since then. Yeah, definitely. But what I really love about it is it does a great job of putting the weirdness of this show and, and you know, just one part of the weirdness and explains it really well. Yeah. It'd be great if we could take each of the characters' stories and have them all summed up that nicely. Yeah, that would be, would be so really nice. cool. <laughs> but, it was but, definitely interesting to see John's, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, just his life taken out of him. Yeah. You know, he looked yeah. like that same John out in front of his dad's, you know, place. Yeah, exactly. Same, same we, person. John yeah. kind of reverting back to having nothing to live for. Yeah, exactly. And I made a note of that. It, you know, it's interesting, you know, Locke makes the comment that, to echo that, you know, who are you to tell me that it's not worthless, basically? Mm-hmm. And before, his motto has always been, don't tell me what I can't do. Right. Very positive. And now he's va- basically reversed it yeah. to, you know, he's negative, and who are you to tell me that it's not negative? You right, know? yeah. And so it's like a complete reversal in his attitude from, mm-hmm. that he's had from before. Yeah, I mean, I guess from just an outsider standpoint, I, I can totally relate to maybe 
John, I guess. Like uh-huh. you just find out that all this is just in meaningless. Yeah. I mean, like literally what he's that that button means absolutely nothing. Right. If yeah. it, but the flip side is that if he doesn't do it, he's failing the test. Right. He's, he's he's not running the rat race. Right. And of course, he's made the assumption that this this whole orientation video is you know saying that the hatch with the button is the one that's being observed. Yeah. And that these people in this hatch, the pearl, are the ones you know observing those people who think their job is really right. important. But it's entirely possible that these people in the pearl are the ones who are really part of the experiment because they're being made to believe yeah. that their job is of the utmost importance, just like they say in yeah, the video. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And so I think it's, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily true that that button in the, per- in the swan, you know, has to be pushed. Right. I think that could still be very true. Mm-hmm. But it definitely hints at, you know, some of the work being done and some of the, the hatches was completely, you know, fake. Yeah. Um, but John has obviously taken it to mean that what he's been so invested in with his button pushing yeah. is fake. Well, I mean, that also brings up an interesting point because I, I mean, obviously the only one that the only TV that had anything on it was the one that was observing the swan. Right. Uh, we know that there's other hatches we know uh-huh. that there was activity in some of the hatches. I, I'm just not exactly sure why those were fuzzy. Uh-huh. You know, it's like almost like this hatch was set up so they would find it they would see the hatch and that mm-hmm. would put them in this mindset. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was very staged. Yeah. Like somebody was trying to convince them not to push the button anymore. Yeah. Or either not to convince it or reaffirm mm-hmm. what they're doing, you right. know, like give a different perspective to Locke because Locke has been so like kind of questioning this. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the, the, the fire that's that he needed to get back into that, right. that old lock. Uh-huh. Um, but I also uh, was thinking to myself, you know, obviously if these are this is an observatory type lab, and they're looking at these. Well, there was something that was going on in the medical hatch mm-hmm. not too long ago, right? And that to me didn't seem fake. Yeah, that seemed like they were going to take Claire's baby, and that was the real deal. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that seemed real. Um, and if that's the case, then what the person just said in that video isn't accurate to that hatch you know the stuff right. that's going on inside that hatch is very important i mean claire was going to be killed and the baby's going to be taken you know i mean right that's not staged yeah you know yeah it's like some of this work that's been done in some of these hatches has been completely kind of uh, a smoke screen it's right. just to fool those people into wasting their time but some of the other stations have very real purposes well, yeah, and, and they're still being carried out. Oh, definitely, and and it goes. I'm, I'm, I wish I. I mean, kind of do. It probably spoilerish, but okay. Obviously, the staff mm-hmm. um, hatch. It made sense why it was called that. Right. You know, it's a medical. You know, it had a medical sign on it. It was a medical hatch. Mm-hmm. You got the swan. I don't understand the significance. Yeah. And then you got the pearl. I don't understand yeah. the significance. And the I remember arrow. spending some time thinking about that once we realized that we had three hatches and trying to figure out what the names meant. Right. And, you know, the arrow obviously was because it was, you know, um, let me think here. The only thing that we found there was just the the Bible with the other part and, and just that little bit of information, but it didn't give us any, you may, you may be thinking yeah, of something I'm trying, that's advanced. I'm trying to make sure that I'm not thinking something. Hmm. Do we know anything about the purpose for the arrow? No. Really? Yeah, there, I mean, there was nothing there at all. Okay. 
So, man, this is really driving me crazy because <laughs> I've got it right there. You want to say it. But I'm dying to say it, but I, I don't remember if we've heard it we, or not. We have. There's no way of us knowing. I mean, none. Okay. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, then. leave it at that. But yeah, as far as the pearl, um, the only thought I had was, you know, their purpose for being down there was to observe, gather knowledge, send it back to the leaders. And pearls, you know, the only thing I could think of, you know, pearls of wisdom. Right. It was kind of, you know, something related to that. Yeah. Obviously, the swan, who the heck knows, yeah. you know, <laughs> what the heck does yeah. that have to do with anything? Well, I mean, the swan, the only thing I can, uh, it's like, and this is ridiculous to think of, but it's like the ugly duckling. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. it starts off as this ugly uh-huh. mess, which right. is what every one of those people are. They're an ugly mess. Mm-hmm. Through the process, they become swans. They become right. these beautiful, great people. Right? Yeah, like you know? something that happens in there changes, changes who they them. are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember thinking about that for a while, and I don't remember ever coming to any kind of conclusion. Yeah. But man, that arrow thing is really driving me crazy. <laughs> so I'm, I may have missed it, but honestly, they nobody. I mean, if you think back, if you look think back at this point, I mean, this is what I know. Oh no, I know what it is. the The very first episode of season five. Uh, we find out more about, about oh, okay the, uh, okay so, so that's why it's in yeah. there okay that's why it's in my head I, say, okay. I have no idea okay anyway um you know of course on the beach you know hurley runs into kate and sawyer while they're getting the heroin and you know and asks them if they've seen libby around okay yeah i made a note about that that's a whole day later no yeah i don't think so libby okay. no because whenever they get down into the hatch michael says that henry left like a half 20 minutes half hour and ago. it was dark when they went in. Oh, yeah. And That's then it was right. daylight again when they were out on the beach looking for the heroin. Yeah. Oh, they had things going on. Yeah. You know? Hurley, <laughs> Hurley had something going on that he couldn't find his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, well, I'll give it 24 hours. Then yeah. I'll, I'll see I mean, what she happens. went looking for a blanket, but, yeah. you know, it's kind of weird. I was like, That's a long time passing. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, you're right. It was a long time passing for the whole exchange, you know, with Libby, too. It's like just sit around. Okay, well, what we do know that the the walk to the hatch is quite a ways. Yeah. Like a couple hours. Yeah. So she probably got there. It was dark by the time she got to the hatch. Then she shot and killed. And, you know, basically the entire evening, you know, Hurley hasn't seen her. Yeah. And then this is probably earlier the next day. Right. Um, whenever they're getting the heroin. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a good five, six, seven hours though, at least, at least cause it was dusk yeah. whenever Michael come running out going, he shot me. Well, but, but you got to keep in mind, it's <clears throat> very possible. Nobody else even knew about this Hurley Libby thing. Well, yeah, well, I'm sure. I mean, that's fine, but I'm saying Libby walks back oh yeah so him not investigating yeah, i mean yeah i mean yeah, they, it was, go check the hatch and find out if she's still it was there midday yeah. when she says i'm gonna look for for <laughs> blankets, get the blankets. <laughs> you know and then michael comes out at like like on the evening and why yeah. she walked all the way to the hatch to get blankets right you know a couple hours away if it's what it is uh-huh. you know it just i don't know the timeline yeah. is weird yeah, and if and if um mm-hmm. you know he knew she was going to the hatch to get blankets because that's the only place where there are blankets, right. and he didn't ever, didn't yet he didn't go there right. to see if she was still there. Yeah, about twelve hours later, he's like, "Hey, well, I guess I better Libby? make better truck it over to the hatch yeah. and <laughs> see if she's still in there." And he was just so nonchalant about it when he yeah. came up to Kate and was like, "Hey, you guys seen Libby around?" Uh-huh. And I'm like, "It's been twelve hours. <laughs> she's missing. You're on a freak oh, island, dude. She left a long time ago. Yeah, man. you're yeah. on a freak <laughs> island. Yeah. Okay, Libby's dead. If yeah. you don't see her within <laughs> half hour, dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't. I didn't even pick up on that. I just made the note that, you know, you know, Kate tells him the news and right. you know, how devastating that is, and of course he spends some time with her. And yeah. 
and all that stuff, which leads to my next point. Okay. You know, in the hatch, you know, Jack gives Libby the heroin to help with the pain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Hurley, you know, tells Michael that he and Libby were going to have their first date and that he's glad Michael's okay. And gosh, (laughs) oh man, I'm like, I really feel terrible for Michael because you cannot even begin to imagine probably what this guy's feeling. I don't know if I feel terrible for him or I want him to die. Really? I I mean, because he just seems evil now. Yeah. But you got to remember his son's on the other side of all this. Yeah, I, you know? I mean, I do get that. And I was right. a dad. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, you I know, mean, that's the most tough place to be right. put in. I, I mean, mean, not knowing what's happened to him while he was gone. true. I mean, they may have said, you I'll do this or he's dead. Yeah, and you then know, that he's changes there, everything. You know? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I do, for the, at this point, I feel bad for him because obviously he wouldn't have done it if he had another choice. Right, true. Or... You know, he had to accomplish this plan or else he didn't feel like he was ever going to get right. his son back. Yeah. So it's it's just really, really terrible. It's awful, yeah. And then, um, you know, Hurley comes to see Libby, you know, later. And I, I think he, like, sees her once and then leaves and talks to Michael for a bit and then comes back later or mm-hmm. something. But, you know, she becomes, you know, a little bit more, you know, aware of what's going on. And, um, you know, he, he tells her he's sorry, he forgot the blankets, and, you know, she wakes up even more and, you know, starts saying Michael's name. Uh, but I know, it's so frustrating. Jack's like, oh, we know he's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about Michael. Like, you just, shut you up. Be, you be you and you relax. You know, Michael's fine, you know? <laughs> he made it. He made it, Libby. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know what he did? He shot me. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, you know, Jack thinks she's asking about how he's yeah. doing, obviously. But, you know, then she's gone, you know, with this super creepy look on her face. Yeah. And, you know, Michael gets away with murder. Yeah. Pretty much. I thought Michael was going to kill her whenever, like, yeah. you know, whenever it seemed like everybody was kind of leaving the hatch for a minute. Right. It kind of looked like he was going to go over and suffocate her or uh-huh. something. I was like, oh, that's awful, you know. Yeah, no doubt. That w- that would have been over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what it kind of alluded to. Everybody was kind of going their own, oh, you go get the medicine. Jack kind of walked away, and yeah. there's Michael standing there. I'm like, oh. <laughs> he's looking at her, really tempted to do it, but yeah. he just can't. Well, do you have anything else from the episode? Oh, no. No, this episode obviously was just amazing, and um, it, it changed the theme. and the, Not really the theme, but just the feel of the show. Yeah, the tone yeah, shifted the tone. to mystery. It's, yeah. it's all about there's something going on. We yeah, have to definitely. figure out what it is. Yeah, I, I did have something, actually, I think it was the last episode that we covered was SOS. Mm-hmm. Um, something I forgot to bring up there that I thought was kind of interesting, and I guess I can bring it up now, but I just, obviously, SOS, you know, was a distress code, you know, right. Morse code, but it also was mi- uh, later attached to, you know, save our ships, mm-hmm. um, also save our souls. Right which I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. um, you know, this whole SOS in that last episode. Right. Like, because it is, a, it seems like to me it's a very soul. I think that was two episodes ago. Was it two? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like save our souls makes so much sense to this whole thing of Lost. Like these are, mm-hmm. these are this is like a, a soul saving type you know, and right. working these demons out of you know life, and I, I don't know, I just I forgot to bring that up in SOS. But as far as this this episode, um, awesome. Um, you know, I hate it for Hurley. Uh, I wonder now if maybe he's going to figure out Libby was in the hospital with me. You yeah. know, like maybe him thinking about her constantly and this happening, yeah. he'll figure it out now. Right. You know, yeah, he'll devote the mental time into yeah. figuring that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So, anything else? I think that's it. 
Well, we've got an email here I wanted to share with everybody from Raquel. Um, she says, hey, guys, I've been listening to your podcast since you began. Uh, they have really been helping me get through the hiatus, and I love how you remind me of things that have happened in past episodes. I've been coming up with new theories and throwing out others because of your discussions, and I love it. Since season five of Lost began last week, I've been listening to almost all of the podcasts on the Lost Podcasting Network, which I'm sure you know is many hours worth of chatter. When I came across your podcast about SOS, I debated whether or not to listen. I'm so excited about all of the season five content and discussions about it that I kind of don't feel like listening to something about season two. I chose to listen anyway, and I'm glad I did. You guys have such great discussions, and most are still relevant three seasons later. It's amazing how most of the mysteries that were brought to light so long ago are still unanswered. I enjoy seeing these through a fresh pair of eyes, but with the knowledge of today, it's great. Thank you so much for your podcast. I will continue to listen throughout season five and beyond. Thank you so much. That's just awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, great. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I started watching season five when it came on and it was awesome to me how the things that have been going on in these, these first few episodes have perfectly lined up with some of the stuff we are talking about really? right now. Really? So it's like stuff we're discussing. I'm getting more information on, you know, and it's like really awesome. It mm -hmm. really does add a lot to the show now in order, you know, to have this information from the older episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Even, you know, for me, it's awesome to have these discussions and, and kind of add to the new content that we're getting in season five. Yeah, that's great. So thank you so much. We've also got a couple of uh, voicemails here I thought I'd play. Hi, Anton Evan. It's Jed from the Frozen Tundra of Des Moines. Calling about two for the road. A few thoughts I had on it. Um, two things. I thought it was kind of humorous to Anna Lucia has been picked up by not one, but two Dr. Shepherds at airport bars. So she should stay away from those. They haven't turned out too well for her. Um, it was interesting that, uh, that uh, Christian Shepherd, when they were picking names for each other, uh, chose Sarah, which I thought was strange, um, being it was Jack's wife's name. Um, I don't know if they really meant anything by it. Random, you know, nothing really random on the show, but not sure exactly what they were doing with that. Of course, the the ending. This was a this was a big moment for season two uh, to see Michael shoot Anna Lucia and Libby, and it's still a tough one to take. Actually, um, it's very difficult to to really accept that Michael would do this. Such a change for his character. It's one of those times where I think a lot of the audience stopped and really thought about what they were watching and if this had gone too far for them I really wanted to hear a lot more from Anna Lucia and a ton more from Libby um, not to say that Libby's dead Anton, sorry about that but uh, yeah it was, it was a shocking moment and it was really made to shock and it sure did it um, but it was a pretty darn good episode too anyway uh, those are just my thoughts on Two for the Road. Good job, guys. Uh, you can use this on the show, and keep it up. Anton and Evan, hey, it's Heath from California. Calling for Two for the Road. Wow. Can you believe it? I, Michael bumped off Anna Lucia and Libby. I mean, when you hear the shell casings drop to the ground, I mean, it's just silence, no music in the background. 
I was like, what the heck is going on? Is Michael brainwash? What's going on? Anton, please tell me what is going on. Michael, did, did the others brainwash him or is he, what's go, what the heck is someone controlling him? Is Walt controlling him? I don't know what the heck is going on. Oh my gosh. And are Jack and them going to find out? Oh gosh. It, it's just crazy. This is where season two takes off for me. Wow. Keep up the great work with the podcast guys. Namaste. So what is going on, Anton? Uh, you know, I'm, I think I feel exactly like what he was saying. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, and it was, you know, to me it just seemed like he was put in a position where he was told that this is what had to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and we kind of talk about this in, even in this episode. Uh, you know, it's like he was kind of f- faced with an ultimatum. It's like, okay, you do this. You know, I, I, like I told you, I, I don't believe for a second that he didn't, interact with the others and that he right. I believe that he was there with them I believe this is something that had to be done for, you know they that they told him you know yeah um before I even knew if Henry was gonna be gone and if um if Libby was dead I said that it was gonna be blamed on Henry Henry was gonna be gone it was gonna be this big stage and now from this point I don't know what happens here's I mean yeah. I guess I kind of played out in two ways one Michael returns to them because mm-hmm. he's allowed, and he did what he was asked to do. You remember, you know, Henry was so so adamant about saying, I'm dead either way. I failed my mission. Well, right. Michael succeeded in his mission. Right. Okay, so maybe he returns, and he's honored, whatever, you know. Or he does succeed in making this war, because that's what it seems like. And I don't understand that, because if the others called him to do this, they had to know that this was going to cause a war. Right. A fight between them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, there's no way, no way of that not happening. You know, this guy just supposedly killed two of our guys and, or two of our girls and injured one of our guys. There's a war now. Yeah. You know, so I mean, to me, I'm thinking, why would the others do that to themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it almost implies a third party to me, uh-huh. like somebody else that is actually in control, told them to do this. He does this. This third party wants to see what's going to happen between the others mm-hmm. and, you know, the people, you know, Jack and all of them. Right. You know, like it's, I don't know. It just, it, I don't know, messes my head up. I'm with you out there in California in my head. I'm going, yeah. what in the world's going on? Yeah. I, so. Man, I'll tell you what's really weird is like, I just looked it up and, you know, Two for the Road aired on like May 3rd, 2006. Wow. But I remember watching this episode like it was yesterday. Really? Like yeah. I very, very, very well remember this really and like the end of that episode like he talked about the shell casings hitting the ground like Crazy. dude it just it resonated like so well and i still remember it so well but yeah man it was like this this whole mystery of it really seemed like he was totally being controlled mm-hmm. by someone else it didn't even seem like he had a plan he was trying to carry out it seemed like he was being like remote controlled by somebody else yeah and it was his body but somebody else was controlling it yeah and it just was wild i mean he doesn't, yeah, even, he doesn't does? even act the same. He His eyes yeah. look different. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, we're talking about character here, but I mean, yeah. he, I mean, it, his eyes look different. He's like just quiet, you know. At the one point, you know, in this, uh, this last, I think it was, I forget what episode it was, he's standing there where Anna Lucia's body is, and he's just right. standing there. And he looks up at the, you know, and maybe it was at the end of that episode, and he just kind of looks at the camera and is like, yeah. oh, 
You know, it doesn't even look like him. It just yeah, he's definitely something's happened. Yeah, and I really don't think we can rule out yet that he's no. not being controlled by something. True, true. Uh, there's there's just something really odd about the change in his personality. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, guys, thanks so much for your emails. And just to remind everyone about our contest, we're going to be keeping track of who calls how many times until the end of season three. And uh, whoever wins is going to get an awesome prize. And I will tell you, um, right now, I'm leaning towards um, giving someone, the winner of this contest, DVD copies of all four seasons of, of, of Lost. Wow. I'm thinking about that because I, I saw a great deal on them on Amazon. And uh, I would love to get more people involved and, and really get some great conversations going on here. So I'm, I'm leaning towards doing that. I would throw in season five, but that probably won't be out until next December. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to wait for that. No. But I'm, I'm leaning towards that. And if, if you guys have, have uh, you know, any suggestions on something, because I know a lot of you may already have the first four seasons on DVD, but uh, that's what I'm leaning towards right now. And you can so, always, like we said last time, and give them to Mr. Anton. Yeah, right. You guys win. <laughs> and <laughs> I know. It's just a yeah. you know, selfless plug yeah. that I do every time I do a contest. I'm joking, though. But if there is other yeah. other you know, gift ideas that you guys could think of or yeah. or anything, let us know. Or maybe even, hey, you know, this would probably get a bunch of calls if you guys did this. Right. Uh, we just want to interact with you guys more. It makes right. the show so much more interesting. Yep, and especially those of you who are watching this show for the first time, I have no clue how many of you there are. Right. But man, you guys got to take advantage of, you know, we're, we're really excited about having these conversations about these episodes, mm-hmm. even though it's been several years since they came out and uh, we're having an awesome time. So we'd love to get you involved. So for those keeping score, that's Jed and Heath one, everybody else, zero, zero. <laughs> so call in, please. The number is 765-439-4190. And give us your thoughts, questions, comments, or whatever. Anything else? Nope. Loving it. Yeah. It. Just love. This is so awesome. And we're like, we have two episodes left in this season, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And we're done with season two and moving right on into season three. We'll be caught up with you guys, uh, you yeah. know, on season five before you yeah, know Yeah. I think before the summer gets here, we'll be caught up. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, we'll just keep going through season five. Even if it's over, we'll keep yeah, going. Yeah, definitely with it and talking about it, which will be a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I mentioned Anton, you know, it's really interesting, you know, each episode we get through, uh, it's, he's one more step closer to knowing everything about this show that I do. And our conversations just get awesome and they're so, so enjoyable. Mm. So by the time we get done, you know, down to season five, it's going to be killer. Oh yeah. It's going to be great trying to, trying to figure out what the heck's going on here. I hope I can comprehend it all. Right now, my mind, it just, it like, it, <laughs> it feels like it's, it's overflowing, it, doesn't it? It's another Dane Cook thing. I've been brain ninja'd, yeah. you know, by, by the, by the lost people. Yeah. I mean, just got in yeah. there and blew my mind away, you know? So, yeah, it definitely, it, it makes me think of like, you know, if you, if you're filling up a glass of water and it gets to the top and it just kind of starts spilling over. Yeah. Sometimes this show makes my, my brain feel like that. Yeah, pretty much. Like I'm trying to keep everything in my head, but I can't possibly. So, it's hard. Well, I mean, I've quit everything. I've quit like my jobs and everything. Cause I gotta like, I gotta reserve it's like a full-time job. Oh yeah. I gotta reserve all my brain capacity for loss. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah. well, join us on Wednesday. We'll be discussing three minutes, um, a Michael centric episode, I believe. And then on Friday, we'll be doing the season finale of season two live together, die alone. Right. So, uh, until then we hope you all have a great day and we will talk to you later. 
Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.